everybody. You are listening to Casually 2024, produced by the Georgetown Voice. My name is Jillian Seitz, and my co-host's name is Olivia Henry. This is a podcast about the class of 2024 and us trying to find community in the midst of a socially isolating time. Tune in every couple of weeks to listen to us interview another member of our class to learn about them, advocacy, and finding community. Now let's get on to the episode. Hello, 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 everybody. I'm here today with Jillian Seitz and Nicolette Carrion, and we are going to be talking about the amazing work that Nicolette has been up to lately. So Nicolette, if you could just tell us a little bit about yourself, a basic Georgetown intro, classic, uh, to kick us off. Hi, um, I just first off want to say that I'm really honored to be the first guest on this podcast, and I'm honored that you guys um, appreciate and saw my work. Um, and my name, as you know, is Nicolette Carrion. I am a freshman in the college. I plan on majoring in government, and currently I'm located on Long Island in New York. Love it. Uh, could you also give us your favorite song right now? Uh, I feel like we've all been listening to so much music that I I just must know what's on your playlist. I normally don't have an answer for this one, but right now I'm loving, um, I'm loving SZA's song. Is it Good Days? Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yes, right now I'm loving SZA's song, Good Days. It slipped my mind because I don't know why, but It's perfect. It feels like you're outside. And right now I'm constantly perpetually inside. So it's wonderful. That's great to hear. And I think that we can all relate to being inside a little too much. And so, you know, reaching for any of that outside, any of the outside vibe is definitely a must. Uh, And then, you know, we heard your Georgetown intro. Would you mind giving us a little bit more background on maybe your life before Georgetown, uh, your high school experience, any of that? Briefly, um, a big part of my life has always been volunteering, community engagement, caring about other people ever since I was a little kid because my mom was super involved and I loved volunteering and that's really how I got into activism and I realized that was my passion, um, especially since the March for Our Lives movement, because I realized that young people can make a difference no matter how old you are. And I have a voice that matters and I have a voice that can make a change and change minds. Um, And from there, I really got really into um, activism and I was able to speak at rallies and be a panel on um, different events and that really turned into a big passion of mine. But besides that, I also have always loved music. Ever since I was a little kid, I played piano and clarinet and sing and do musical theater. And that's always a big piece of my heart, um, as well as I love to play tennis. Um, and I love to be involved in a lot of different things because I love to be involved in my community and I love getting to know other people. I think it's really awesome to hear like, the parts of you that are really activism centered but then also all these other interests and I feel like as you know 18 19 20 year olds it's easy to see people as you know what they 
post on social media or, you know, the people that they project to the world, but to really understand that everyone has these, you know, diverse interests that may or may not be connected to their, you know, activism work or their community work. Uh, so it's really awesome to hear that. Yeah, I've always been, I like to say a dynamic person and I've always had a bunch of different passions because that expresses a different part of me. And I need that to be expressed, to feel whole. And actually my college essay was about music, but also melding together activism. And it was really about me performing, but realizing that it's not going to be my end goal, but activism and um, having my voice is gonna be my end goal. So that was really meaningful to me because it was able to connect those things and I think it's always great to have other outlets to um, express yourself and really be in a space to be yourself and a space to meet different people. Yes, I completely agree with that. Finding those different ways to express yourself. I love the way you put it, to feel whole because you really do need different ways to showcase the different parts of you. Uh, So speaking to that just a little bit more, uh, you work on the Nassau Youth Council. So could you tell us a little bit more about how that's a way that you express yourself? Yes, the Nassau County Youth Council. Um, Yes, (laughs) it's all all right. Um, (laughs) I am on the New York State Governor's Youth Council, and I uh, represent Nassau and Suffolk County, which is on Long Island. And as a part of that role, I am the leader of the Nassau County Youth Council. And that is a really great um, platform for me to empower, engage, and encourage other young people around me in my area and to really make the change on a government level. Um, And that is essentially how your voice is heard, right? And what we have been able to do, I'm really proud of. Um, we've sent policy proposals and had events, especially we did a lot for the election. We are doing an art contest right now. We're doing a youth town hall. I can talk about that a little bit with our senator. Um, and we have also done campaigns about sexism and sex education and mental health. That's our contest, mental health art contest. Um, we have done Black history. And we've just covered a range of topics. And I really feel like it's a council of about 15 people. And I really feel like it's, as the leader, I really enjoy giving a chance, providing a chance for our members to, to showcase themselves and to express themselves because they all have passions. Um, at first, I started out like spearheading everything, but it's really great to see other people taking their passions elsewhere and kind of encouraging them, myself, even though we're both on the same council. So there's a lots of learning that came with it. And there's lots of different ways that I've been able to be myself on the council and um, express my voice. And I think, uh, you know, youth councils aren't necessarily the, a super popular thing in a lot of areas of the world. So I was wondering, what you feel is the role of youth and and young people in both government and in activism and community work? Well, I I forgot to mention this, but this was the inaugural group. This didn't exist last year. Same thing with the State Youth Council. And I thought it was an excellent opportunity to capitalize on something, especially more important this year than ever. I think 
this year, people are finally realizing the impact young people can make because we are grown. We grew up in a different world than the adults of today. We grew up with different ideas, and we have been able to adapt to new things like technology and social media, which has changed the landscape of how we function as a society. So I really want to encourage other places and other local governments and state governments to found these youth councils because essentially we represent the youth of our area. We advocate for youth policies and legislation to the government right now, we are advocating for sex, we submitted a proposal for a sex education mandated class where we talk about consent, LGBTQIA+, all those important things are neglected where I come from, and also a civic education class, which is essentially a political education class where you actually learn how to vote. When we turn 18, we leave our town, we get an absentee ballot. No one knows how to use the absentee ballot. Only The only reason people know now is because of the pandemic. So we really have to make it easier to vote. Um, and at the same time, knowing your local and state governments to know how to advocate. There's lots of passion in young people right now. So we really wanna make sure to institutionalize the education and how to do it. And that's another example of what youth councils can do. They can empower the young people in their area by giving them a voice and they can also represent young people on a government level, which is very important because we are the people of the future and we have a new refreshing take on the issues of today. And I feel at this moment, our leaders need to do a better job of addressing the modern society and the, the people who actually exist in the real world and the people who are going to exist in the real world because that's, that's the model. Definitely. We are the generation of the future and our government entities should be responsive to that. You know, we're the ones that will be voting and are voting and our, our opinions matter. And I truly appreciate so much what you've been doing. So we're going to take a quick two minute break. And then when we get back, we'll be talking a little bit more about how you have been able to find community amidst these unprecedented times. Hi, I'm Andres Alfonso, uh, class of 2024 in the SFS, and I write music under the name Arohia, which is a DIY solo project that I began after seeing how people would self-produce music from their home. Uh, it's mostly inspired by the musical stylings of Radiohead meets Car Seat Headrest meets My Bloody Valentine, I'd say. everyone. We hope that you enjoyed that little interlude, a little break. 
Uh, and now we'll be moving on to our community-centered uh, portion of the podcast. So Nicolette, could you tell us some of the ways that you've been able to connect to others during the pandemic, both at Georgetown and perhaps outside of Georgetown? Well, a lot has happened since the beginning of the pandemic. And a huge way that I've been able to connect with people is not surprising, it's through activism and social justice. It's one of the first times I've found a community there where you find people who really are on the same level as you. And, and, and I mean, what I mean by that is who care about the same issues as you and feel like something needs to happen, who want to be active in that. Um, like, like I said, through the Nassau County Youth Council, but also through local community organizing with groups like shout out Young Long Island for Justice and all these amazing areas where I feel like I can connect with people on that level in such a pivotal time. Um, besides that, also just through clubs and extracurriculars at Georgetown, it's sucky on the screen, but I try to reach out sometimes and you know send a Zoom DM <laughs> as they say it <laughs> and try and I make I make the attempt to make friends and foster that sort of community. Yeah. So building off of that, one thing that I've personally ran into is it's pretty easy to send just a Zoom DM, but how do you keep the connection going after that? How do you have that sustained sense of community beyond just a quick DM? I love that question. Um, it's really, you have to start off by saying something interesting to someone else. Like you have to be like, so what's your favorite song? Like who are your favorite um, artists or actors or movies? Um, or you could just try to be light in the DM. Or, or what I like to do is DM someone if they have something really valuable to say. Or if I feel like we would vibe together and I really like, or I like your Zoom background or something like that. Um, I'm not afraid to do that. And at this time, like everyone's looking for friends. So I haven't been rejected. But <laughs> it's really just trying to string up a conversation about something interesting. Um, that's how I've made all my friends. And <laughs> one class, we were just <laughs> DMing. Make, guys, make sure you don't go too crazy because your professor can see that. <laughs> and make sure, you know how many times I've accidentally sent it to the professor or the TA at one time? Okay, guys, this is the real tea. One time. I was DMing someone and <laughs> that person never looked up and I was like, wow, you're finally looking at the camera. Super passive aggressive. But I sent that to the entire chat. So everybody saw and it was while someone else was talking. <laughs> no. I thought no. I like, oh my God, I've had so many Zoom gaps. So yes, that happened, but everyone was so nice. I was so lucky. That people were just chill about it. And our professor was like, oh, yeah, I don't even look at the chat. I was like, what? I don't know how I got away with that. And a second Zoom gap, you guys aren't going to believe this. So for some reason in one class, our professor decided to unmute everybody upon entry. And I was like, came from the shower. I was singing to myself unbeknownst to me. <laughs> and I was mumbling like it didn't sound cute unbeknownst to me. It was the whole class I heard it, and I didn't know because a professor was like, "Who's that singing?" I was like, <laughs> "He was like, who's that singing?" 
it, I like it. It sounds good. I, I died. And that was a class where I had, I knew a lot of people and all, my phone was just blowing up and I, my camera was off already. So I was hoping like nobody noticed it was me, but <laughs> then my friends just like Nikolai, like all caps. Um, and they definitely blew it up. I even had a group chat in that class where they were just like laughing, but they were nice about it. But it was, it was something. Yeah, <laughs> stuff happens, but it's, it makes for a good story. <laughs> it really does. These stories, they just kept getting better and better. I'm living for it. <laughs> oh, you God. know, and it's on Zoom, so it's not like that thing is going to track you. It's not, it's not like you're going to see someone in the hallway and be like, you're the girl who sang on my Zoom. You know what I'm saying? Yes. And it's so nice to hear that everyone has been so nice. Just, you know, when those Zoom gaffes do happen, no one's actually down your neck about it. It's just like, oh, haha, we all get it. Laugh it off. So it's really great. Uh, so outside of Georgetown classes and your amazing Zoom gaffes, how else have you been able to find community? Outside of Georgetown classes, and like I've mentioned already, social justice was really a place to find community. But outside of that, I am already in some other organizations like PBS Youth Collective and other places where we try to make the Zooms fun. You know, we did like a scavenger hunt or something. Um, but even with my friends, we would do Netflix parties and like try to do a Zoom, just the chat <laughs> or like a FaceTime call or I'm involved in like NAACP and other clubs just to try to feel like community. But to be honest, it hasn't been that easy. Obviously, for any sort of communication, we have to stare at a screen. And it's sometimes very isolating and it comes and goes, but it has at some points been pretty difficult to feel purposeful. And even with everything going on to feel like, I guess to feel connection, it's been difficult. Um, and that's something definitely that it's like on and off, like sometimes it's a struggle, sometimes you feel connected. So it's definitely important to think about mental health right now. Um, but I'm very excited for the summer session, which I'll take part in to get that real experience. Yeah, I can definitely relate with this, you know, feeling a little purposeless in this time. I I realized a few weeks ago that I had sort of let go of a lot of the creative outlets that I had developed as, you know, a high schooler, a teenager. So I think that that's something that a lot of people can relate to right now. And yeah, it's so hard to enjoy those things that you used to enjoy when you don't have all the people around you to enjoy it with. And kind of going off a little bit more of a serious topic, I think in the same way activism can often be isolating in its own right, whether that's from, you know, family members who disagree with the work that you're doing or friends who don't like how outspoken you are or any of that. Um, have you experienced any of that? And, and how have you maybe moved past it or worked alongside that isolation? I've been lucky. My family has supported me. I surround myself with friends who have similar personalities. I guess that's my own bias. But at the same time, there's always disagreements, not on the goal and the values and the path, and the path, 
but the way in which to do it. And sometimes you get into a serious discussion on how are we going to address this? How are we going to make sure that police reform is passed in our community? How are we going to address the huge um, police um, union in our community? How are we going to get democratic politicians to support us? Those are difficult things to talk about because you really have to tap into the, the other side's mindset to understand. And sometimes people don't want to do that. But for, personally, I believe that it is difficult to make change. And that, that's why I feel like you have to do that extra work because otherwise it may not happen if you don't really seriously consider what makes one side effective and what makes the other not effective. So there has been some different disagreements on the way in which to advocate and out, do outreach and make sure things are certain things are passed. But at the same time, like I said, I make sure to surround myself with people who are supportive and I'm very lucky to have that. I think we can all be grateful to have supportive folks around us, especially on our bad days when finding community feels just a little bit more difficult. It can mean the world just to have one person to check in with or have that nice Netflix party and just laugh through a show. Sometimes that's honestly all you need. So within our last few minutes here, Nicolette, do you have any final thoughts or words of advice for someone wanting to get involved in local politics? I would say one, just to get involved, don't wait for anybody else to do it. You have, if you believe in something, you have to believe that you're the only one to be able to do that job. Yes, there's other people, but everyone has their each unique voice. And that was something I thought like, oh, I believe in this thing, but someone else is gonna do it. Someone else is gonna do it the way I think it should happen. And someone else should, is gonna advocate it, advocate for it. And most of the time that's incorrect. So you really have to be the change you wish to see, very cheesy, but it's true because you have to take advantage of those moments to be fearless and brave. It, it is kind of scary to get up and speak in front of people or to, have to rally a group of people together and maybe be the leader of that group. But it's all about having the passion and getting started. I remember speaking to someone very successful, like, TED Talks and Forbes and met Obama and all this stuff. And he started when he was 16 years old. Now he's 22. And he said, you know, I didn't know everything when I started it. I, I didn't know how to run a company or a business or be an, an effective advocate like that back then. But I got started. I took my passion and I put it somewhere. I put it into use. And everything comes along with that you learn and you grow but as long as you and there's as long as you have your passion there's no need for a qualification somewhere else you don't need to be some college you don't need to be a college graduate or a lawyer or a politician or anything like that as long as you have a passion you'll make it happen and you really have to believe in yourself to do that but it takes that to make a difference and anybody can make a difference anybody <laughs> you you'll be surprised Especially, I think, in the country we live in, you've seen the voices that have rised up and maybe they're not the voices that you would have expected, but all you have to do is really connect with people and change hearts and minds. So don't be scared and take that personal responsibility and do something about it and make the change and 
don't be worried about anything else but that. I couldn't imagine a more inspiring final set of words. <laughs> and uh, we really do want to thank you for trusting us with your words and your thoughts uh, in this first episode. And we're just so, so lucky to have gotten to speak with you. So thank you so much. You guys are too nice. Thank you for trusting me to be the first guest. <laughs> you guys have heard my gaps. Who knows what would happen? I'm, no, I'm just kidding. But thank you so much for inviting me. Um, I'm honored. I've always loved podcasts. I was thinking of doing my own. And I really appreciate the opportunity to communicate to people. And I think you guys are wonderful. And this is going to be a great podcast in the future. Thank you so much. This really has been amazing. I got chills as you were giving your final thoughts. Uh, now my eyes are all watery. I was not ready for this. So thank you. Uh, but on that note, we will head on out, folks. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. And I hope you have a great rest of your day. Don't know how to feel about you without any questions.